name. I ask you, God, to hear me. I'm asking you, God, to hear me. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is that name. How excellent is that name. How excellent is that name. Oh, God, we love you. I love you. I love you, God. You're so good to me. I praise your name. I praise your name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I love you, God. I praise your name. My, my, my. Mm. I like what I feel. I love you, Jesus. We may be few in number, but I promise you God's here. He said, whether two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be there in the midst of them. If you have your Bibles, if you turn me to Genesis chapter 27, I'm going to read two passages of Scripture out of Genesis 27. I'm going to read verses 1 through 10, and then I'm going to go to verse 30 and read down probably 38, somewhere there. Amen. I want to say I appreciate the opportunity to be back in the house of God tonight. Looking forward to what God's going to do this week. Amen. I really am looking forward to it. You know, I couldn't help but think as you're turning there, as uh, we were saying, how great thou art. I love that old song. And uh, I thought, you know, Brother Davis is stand before the king right now. Amen. And uh, he's getting to see the one that he's lived for and preached about all these years. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old, and his eyes were dim so that he could not see. He called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son, he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and my bow to go out to the field and take me some venison. And make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, before the Lord before my death. Now, Therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it unto thy father, and thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat, that he may bless thee before his death. Now, if you turn me to verse 30. And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob. And Jacob was scare, yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, who art thou? 
he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. Then when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob, for he hath supplanted me these two times? He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hath thou not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants. And with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Jesus, my God, my God, have your way, God, amen, I love you, Jesus, my, 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 God bless you, you can be seated. Identity theft and identity fraud are terms used to refer to all types of crimes in which someone wrongfully obtains and uses another person's personal data in some way that involves fraud or deception, typically for economic gain. When enough identifying information about an individual, with enough identifying information about an individual, a criminal can take over, amen, that individual's identity to conduct a wide range of crimes. For example, if a criminal has a Obtained enough of your personal information, he can fill out false applications for loans and credit cards, can make fraudulent withdrawals from your bank account, fraudulent use of telephone calling cards or online accounts, file a false tax return, or obtain other goods and privileges which they would be denied if they were to use their real name. Identity theft is a very real and a very serious issue. Statistics state that every 79 seconds in America, there's an identity theft victim. In fact, if you remember a few years ago in 2017, Equifax, one of the three major uh, credit reporting agencies in the United States, announced a data breach that affected 143 million consumers. The hackers accessed Social Security numbers, birth dates, addresses, driver's license numbers, all of which can be used to steal these individual's identity. 
The terrible thing about identity theft is that you can spend your whole life building your credit, building your positive identity, and in one moment, someone steals your identity and your future is destroyed. However, the same thing can happen in the spiritual realm. For Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse number 10, the thief cometh not for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come. Amen. Amen. I have come. I have come to give life and have it, you might have it more abundantly. I want you to understand the devil is the master of spiritual identity theft. Uh, you can spend your entire life building your spiritual identity, but if you're not careful in just one moment of time, the devil can steal your identity and you find yourself in a situation you didn't even realize, all because your spiritual identity has been stolen. So if you haven't guessed the title of this message yet, it's very simple. I'm preaching about identity theft because we find in our text the first documented case of identity theft. Amen. The story is that Isaac, the promised son of Abraham, was now getting very old. And our text tells us his eyes were dim that he could not see. So knowing that his time on earth is getting short, Isaac calls for his eldest son Esau that he may bless him. Please understand that in biblical times, uh, the firstborn son received a special blessing. He received a double portion because it literally was his responsibility to take care of the family after the death of the father. It was the eldest son's responsibility to carry on the traditions, the customs, uh, and the occupation of the family. Amen. He was responsible for making decisions that would affect the family. Therefore, he would receive a double portion blessing because of the responsibilities that were to be placed upon him after the death of his father. <clears throat> Isaac realized that and called Esau that he may bless him. However, he first tells Esau to take his weapons, his quiver and his bow, and, and to go out in the field and kill him. Amen. Some type of deer for venison and then make what he calls him savory meat uh, that he loves so much and bring it to him uh, that he could eat of it and he would bless Esau. Amen. For this time of death was soon to come. Uh, so Esau, being the obedient and fate dutiful son, went and did what his father asked him to do. Uh, However, it just so happened that Rebekah, his mother, who loved Jacob, his brother, more than him, happened to overhear, amen, what Isaac, her husband, said and, and knew that Esau was about to get the blessing. So she went and told Jacob uh, to go and kill two kid goats, uh, uh, which wasn't even what Isaac had asked for. Uh, she said, she'll make him savory meat, uh, and you give it to your father because he can't see. Uh, so you take the savory meat that I'll fix and go to your father and say that you're Esau and steal his blessing. Uh, uh, but Jacob hesitated, and he told his mother, that that's not going to work because Daddy will want to touch me and see if I'm Esau because Esau is hairy, and I am a smooth man, and instead of blessing me, he'll place a curse on me. So just like the devil, Rebekah said, upon me be thy curse. Just go and do what I tell you to do. She took the skin of animals and placed it on Jacob to make him feel and smell like Esau. 
law. In other words, she knowingly and without lawful authority stole his identity in order to get something that didn't belong to him. Jacob went into his father under the false identity of Esau, and Isaac discerned it not. Isaac touched Jacob to see who he was. He said, the voice is of Jacob, but your hands are the hands of Esau, and your smell is the smell of the field which God hath blessed. Amen. Therefore, because of your identity, I'm going to bless you. And no sooner had Isaac blessed Jacob, and he left from the presence of his father, than here comes Esau, and he says, let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said, who art thou? To which Isaac replied and said, Dad, it's, it, it's me. I'm your firstborn son, Esau. I just came back with some of that savory venison you asked me to get for you. And our text verse records that Isaac trembled ex- very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison? And hath brought it to me. And I have eaten of all that thou before us thou came and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. In other words, where is he that has stolen your identity? Amen. He's the one that gets your blessing. Esau heard the words of his father and cried with a bitter cry because he realized that Joseph had stolen his identity and took what didn't belong to him through deception and stolen identity. Jacob got what Esau. Esau had waited all his life to receive, and because Jacob took the identity of Esau, he also took his blessing. And I've come to this pulpit tonight to tell someone that it's just what the devil wants to do, amen, to the people of God today. He wants to steal your identity. If he can steal your identity, he can steal your blessing. Can I hear an amen? If he can steal your identity, he can kill your joy and your peace. If he can steal your identity, he can control your destiny. The devil knows your identity is the key to your destiny. Therefore, if he can steal your identity, he can cause you to to miss out on what God has for you. Can I hear an amen? I want someone here to stop for a moment, look back over your life before God filled you with the Holy Ghost and realize some of the things that you used to do. The reason why you used to be hooked on drugs is because the devil had stolen your identity and you didn't even realize you were, amen, created to be a child of God. The reason you used to drink like a fish was because the devil had stolen your identity and you didn't know you were born to serve the Lord. The reason you used to act so immorally, dress so immodestly, and live so shamelessly uh, all the while thinking you were really enjoying life is, uh, amen, you really didn't know, amen, really who you were because the devil had stolen your identity. Uh, He knew uh, that you were set up for a blessing uh, and he said, if I can steal their identity, uh, I can cause them to miss out on the blessing uh, that's laid up for them. Uh, The devil understands uh, that your identity is a very powerful resource uh, because when you know who you are and you have 
Now, faith is a grain of a mustard seed. Uh, Jesus said that nothing shall be impossible unto you. Uh, amen. When you know who you are, uh, amen, when you fully understand your spiritual identity, uh, and when you fully realize just what Philippians chapter 4, uh, amen, verse 13 declares, that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Your faith rises up, uh, and you gain understanding of what Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 12 means when it says you are buried with him uh, in baptism, uh, where also you are risen with him through the faith of, of the operation of God uh, who hath raised him from the dead. Uh, somebody say amen. amen. When you understand your identity, then you also know and understand what the next three verses of Colossians chapter 2 have to say about your life. Because you know that in you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers he made a shoe of them openly, triumphing uh, over them in it. Uh, oh, I want to tell somebody the goal of the devil uh, is to keep you uh, from not only knowing what Jesus has uh, done and accomplished for you uh, on Calvary's cross, uh, but to also keep you from knowing who you are uh, in Christ Jesus. Uh, and he does it by attempting to steal the identity of every child of God. If the devil can confuse your mind and get you to to ignore who you are and if he can steal your identity then you will forget about your destiny I said I wish somebody would help me tonight how many times have we asked the question why does it seem like people are falling away from God and leaving the church why are people doing the things that they're doing why are church folk acting like this they know better than that why can't they understand they should not be acting this way they're supposed to be apostolic they're supposed to be part of the body of Christ which is made up of those who are called by his name according to his purpose and they shouldn't be going around doing the things that they're doing the answer is because they've let the devil steal their identity uh, why do some who have lived for God for years suddenly get mad at the pastor and the church and quit going and backslide they let the devil steal their identity why do some amen who God delivered from the horrible pit of sin out of the miry clay and set their feet upon a rock and established their goings and put a new song in their mouth a song of praise unto God suddenly leave the church and go back to the very muck and the mire of sin it's because they let the devil steal their identity why does the preacher who once proclaimed this apostolic message of holiness amen turn around and start preaching false doctrine they let the devil steal their identity why does it seem like all of a sudden a person that, that seems to have it going on in man's eyes just suddenly seems to snap and go off the deep end. They become a victim of spiritual identity theft. They let the devil steal their identity. Why is the individual that used to claim the Holy Ghost now living a, in a perverted lifestyle of homosexuality? They let the devil steal their identity. Oh, all of these failed understand the identity of who they were in Christ Jesus and therefore they have allowed
allowed to Satan to destroy their destiny. Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed through her wallowing in the mire. What is so sad is that we have far too many people in the church who want nothing more but to achieve fortune and fame. They strive for popularity and for prosperity. They will even justify all of their endeavors by quoting the Scripture in 3 John verse 2 that says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. But they have a tendency to leave off the last portion of verse that says, Even as thy soul prospereth. Yes, God wants us to prosper. But before you can walk in your destiny, you must have to learn how to walk in your identity. Before, uh, let me say that again. I said before you can walk in your destiny, amen, you must learn how to walk in your identity. Before you can walk in God's promises, you have to understand your identity. When you understand your identity, your soul will prosper. This is why and how Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse number 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Quit worrying about recognition. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Quit worrying about wanting a title or position. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Quit getting so frustrated over what you think you're supposed to do or what you feel like you've been called to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When you understand your spiritual identity, when you figure out who you are in Christ Jesus, all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Proverbs Chapter 18, verse number 16 tells us, A man's gift maketh room for him, and bringeth him before great men. So you don't have to go around strutting your stuff, trying to impress everyone with your talent and your abilities. What you need to do is humble yourself and pray and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and God will give you the spiritual identity he wants you to have. Somebody lift up your hands and praise him right now. I love you. I love you. I love you, God. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. You know, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 17, God told Moses, I know thee by name. In the book of Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 1, God tells Israel, I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Then God speaks through the prophet Nahum in Nahum chapter 1, verse number 7, and informs us that the Lord knoweth them that trust in him. And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, the apostle Paul tells Timothy that the Lord knoweth them that are his. You need to understand this, amen, that as long as God knows who you are, as long as God knows your name, the devil is going to try to constantly try and steal your identity as a child of God. And that is why it is absolutely imperative that you know who you are as long as you know your identity as long as you know amen who you are the devil cannot stop your identity amen I read a humorous story about a man by the name of Christian A. Herter who was the 59th governor of Massachusetts from 1953 to 1957 
and served as United States Secretary of State from 1959 to 1961. He was running hard for re-election as governor of Massachusetts, and one day during his campaign, he arrived late at a barbecue, uh, uh, which was actually a fundraiser for his own campaign. He had not had any breakfast or lunch, and he was famished. Uh, as he moved down the serving line, he held out his plate and received one piece of chicken. Uh, the governor said to the serving lady, excuse me, do you mind if I get another piece of chicken? I'm very hungry. I'm sorry, the lady replied. Uh, I'm supposed to give one piece to each person, uh, but I'm starved, he repeated. Uh, again, she curtly replied, only one to a customer. Uh, the story stated that Governor Hurd was normally a modest man, but he was very hungry, so he decided this was the time to use the weight of his office. And he said, Madam... Do you know who I am? I am the governor of this state. Unfazed, the lady serving the chicken abruptly replied, Do you know who I am? I'm the lady in charge of the chicken. So move along, mister. You only get one piece. And like you just did, I laughed. But it also made me feel the good that this woman knew who she was. She knew she was the lady in charge of the chicken. And she knew what her authority was. And I've come to this pulpit tonight to tell someone in this place, you need to be like the woman in charge of the chicken. Huh? You need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Huh? You need to know what your spiritual identity is. Huh? And you need to know what your authority is. If you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, then you need to understand what you are in charge of. In Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, huh? Jesus said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Uh, that means if you have received the Holy Ghost, you have his power. And according to Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, uh, that also means that the Spirit itself beareth witness of our spirit. Uh, amen. That we are the children of God. Uh, and if children, then heirs. Uh, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Woo! I love it. Uh, that's why and how Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 7, verse number 38, He that believeth on me as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And verse number 39 explains what Jesus means when it says, But this spake he of the Spirit, amen, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. It's also why just seven verses later, in John chapter 14, verses 12 and 14, Jesus also says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Amen. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. All these scriptures inform us that as long as we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us, and as long as we walk in the Spirit, we will walk in his authority. When we speak his word, we speak with his authority. Amen. When we believe on him and know who we are in him, we will not be intimidated by the powers of darkness. In fact, the devil will be intimidated by the very spirit of God that dwells in us. The apostle Peter informs us of our identity in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 when he declares, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal 
royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people. Amen. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So when I understand, because I'm a chosen generation, when I understand I am a raw priesthood, when I recognize I'm a child of the king, when I become aware that I'm a holy nation, and when I realize that I am a peculiar people, then I can know my identity. When I know my identity, I identify with the word of God that informs me that I am no longer what I used to be. I'm no longer what I once was because 2 Corinthians 5, 17 assures me, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So I can stand in confidence of my identity and just say what Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39 declares, that I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me and that I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth amen nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord somebody clap your hands And when you know your identity, amen, you can say with assurance, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Because I know my identity. I can do what Jesus says I can do in the gospel of Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. He said, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shalt not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need to write that scripture down. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Somebody say praise the Lord. Because I know my identity. I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Because I know my identity, I can do exactly what James chapter 4, verse number 7 instructs me to do. Amen. For it states, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's not because I'm someone special. It's not because I'm extremely gifted or talented. It's not even because I'm more intellectually proficient than someone else is. I just know my my identity and because I know who I am in Christ Jesus the confidence is not in my flesh but rather my confidence is in God I said my confidence is in God uh, Proverbs 3 26 says for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken does anybody understand what I'm preaching and because I know my identity is a child of God I can boldly state like the apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day somebody ought to just shout right now I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day hallelujah 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 my 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 
My identity is in him. And that is why I glorify God in my body and in my spirit, which is God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Because I know my identity, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because not only do I know that thou art with me but thy rod and thy staff comfort me but I also know my identity is in God somebody say praise the Lord because I know my identity I don't have to know what tomorrow holds I know that God holds tomorrow in his hand and I know that he knows my name because I know my identity even though weeping may endure for a night I know that joy cometh in the morning because I I know my identity. I also now know what 2 Corinthians 4 17 means when it says for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Somebody shout unto God right now. Because I know my identity. I know the affliction of this world cannot compare to what's laid up for me. Because I know my identity, because I know who I am in Christ Jesus, I know what is laid up for me. I know where I'm going. I know what's waiting for me there. Because just like the Apostle Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, amen, verse 8, I know, amen, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, amen, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. I'm asking you, do you know your identity? Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? Or has your spiritual identity been stolen. Amen. Amen. Sister Tori, please come. If so, God has an identity theft protection plan. I said God's got an identity theft protection plan. It's very simple because the Apostle Peter gave the answer on the day of Pentecost when he preached in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 and he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye Ye shall, ye shall, ye shall, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's time for someone in this place to take back your stolen identity. Ah, if it's your joy, take it back. If it's your peace, take it back. If it's your deliverance, take it back. Amen. Whatever the devil has stolen from you, it's time to get your spiritual identity back. Would you stand with me? It's time for you to do what Jude tells us to do in verse Verses 20 and 21. But ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Can we just gather around these altars and ask God to restore unto me? God, I want to know who I am. I want to know who I am. Oh, Jesus, I need I need you. I need you. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Jesus.
what's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back, what the devil has stole from me. I'm taking it back, what the devil has stole from me. I'm taking it back, my God's authority. Jesus said I could cross the line. I can take back what's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back, what the devil has stole from me. I'm taking it back, the devil has stole from me. I'm taking it back. By the blood's authority, well, Jesus said I could cross the line. I could take back what's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. Oh, what the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. By the blood's authority, oh, Jesus said I could cross the line. I could take back what's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. Oh, what the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. By the blood's authority, oh, Jesus said I could cross the line. I could take back what's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. Oh, yes, what the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. Oh, by the authority. Oh, Jesus said I could cross the line. I could take back what's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. Oh, what the devil has stole from me. I'm taking it back. Oh, what the devil has stole from me. I'm taking it back. By the blood's authority. Well, Jesus said I could cross the line. I can take back what's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. What the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. Oh, by the blood's authority, well, Jesus said I could cross the line. I can take back what's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. Oh, yes, what the devil has stole from me, I'm taking it back. Oh, by the blood's authority, well, Jesus said I can cross the line. I can take back what's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back, what the devil has stole from me. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm thankful that I can take it back tonight. Amen. I can take it back by his authority. Amen. Because I've been washed by his blood. Amen. I've, been, I've, I've had his name applied to my life. Amen. He's faithful today. Amen. I'm thankful tonight that I know who I am. I know to whom I belong. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. He is faithful. Amen. I'm going to say that over and over. I said it before he came up and preached. I'm going to keep saying it because he is faithful. He is faithful. Amen. Praise God. I know whom I believe. I know. I know the one that saved my soul, amen, and I believe it was Job that said it, I, I know my Redeemer liveth, amen, he's alive, he's not, I don't serve some dead God, amen, praise God, amen, well, praise God, I'm thankful for his word tonight, I'm thankful for his word, I'm thankful for Brother Mace coming around and, and preaching to me, and uh, I know God's not done around here. There's more to be had. 
Amen. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to Friday night and having a good time. But before Friday night gets there, we're going to have to get ready. And so uh, tonight, before I leave, uh, if I can get a couple of you to help me, I got a bunch of PVC pipes and in the back of my truck to put together a, a puppet stage. And uh, I got uh, curtains in my truck on the inside, so if you can help me, there's quite a few pipes. If we can just grab a hold of as many as we can, and then um, we'll just lay them right here in the front. And then tomorrow night, I'm hoping to get here a little bit early, and I can start putting things together. So um, the only problem is I forgot that this week I'm having to travel all the way to Kansas City and back for work. So I'm not working local. Um, so it may be closer to 7 o'clock before I actually get here to the church, unfortunately. I was hoping to get here around 6 so we, I could have most of the puppet stage done and have things ready to go, but it doesn't look like I can. We'll see. If, if, they, if they get done early tomorrow, I'm praying they do. <laughs> I'm praying they get done early tomorrow. We'll let the class go, and then I'll come on down this way. Amen. Well, um, hopefully you've, you've got the word out and you've got some kids that are coming. I've heard, I, I think if I'm thinking, if I'm hearing right, we should have, including our church kids, we should probably have 10 or 12 kids coming this time around um, that have committed to coming. If that's the case, um, we're going to have a good time. And uh, that's that's a good number for the first, the first go-around. And... Uh, We'll, we'll learn some lessons from this one, and we'll make adjustments for the next one, and uh, we'll keep on going, because I want to see these kids filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I, if you have never heard me talk about why I feel like whole, uh, Sunday school is an important endeavor, um, just understand, number one, the bishop wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Sunday school, and bus kids, and people being willing to pick up kids that their parents don't go to church. Amen. Not only that, kids don't stay kids. Kids grow up. They become adults. Amen. What's that? Kids need the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. Amen. If we get the kids, if they get the Holy Ghost at a young age, when they grow up, it's going to be easier for them to understand the Word of God and to apply it to their to their life. Amen. I, they've had... Um, in the last, was it the, this past year, there was, what, one or two of the bus bus girls came? Or, or was that a couple of years ago? Maybe it was a couple of years ago. I know Jaheem, Brother Jaheem and Jerome. Uh, Brother Jaheem, he sang in the, in the chorale on Friday night, and Jerome helped us with the offering the other night. And uh, both of them, they, they were bus kids, and, and I'm thankful for, for it. Amen. And I'm looking forward to investing in that. And uh, God will provide uh, means of transportation eventually, but we got to put forth an effort, amen, and uh, have a need, amen, praise God. God bless y'all, amen. Um, we're going to meet here around 7 o'clock tomorrow. We'll put together all the stuff and uh, practice a little bit of the things that we have planned. Um, if you don't have the services app on your phone, um, I would encourage you to get it because um, I signed, Brother Tuffy, I signed you and Brother Jason up to an action song. I don't know if you saw that, 
You didn't see that? All right. Um, the reason I'm saying you may want to download that services app is because it actually has the link to that song, so you can play it right there. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable doing it, I'm okay with you saying, hey, I'd rather not do that. All right? So um, just feel free. I was going through. I was like, hey, these are all the people that said they would be willing to help out, so I'm just assigning things. And if we get here Thursday night and they don't like any of those things, we'll make adjustments accordingly. So anyhow. All right. Um, if you've got questions and you want to know what this services app is I'm talking about, uh, I will be happy to help you get it on your phone so that you can see that um, layout. Amen. God bless y'all. We love you. Amen. Let's come back tomorrow. Let's get things set up and let's have a good time Friday night.